What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders. And I'll start off by saying this is, if I did my math correctly, which I'm like 93% sure I did, this is the 100th episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders slash WIFCast, if we're counting the WIFCast episodes too. So it's it's been an incredible journey over the last three years. And I just want to say, like, thank you for everyone sticking with it over the last three years. And uh, um, yeah, it's, I feel like I'm supposed to like say, say something like, a deep and meaningful which i just kind of want to say like, thank you <laughs> thank you for uh listening to the podcast it's been two and a half now three years i know we're in season three of keeping up with the commanders which i think is also season three of just the podcast in general and with this being number 100 definitely a big milestone so i just want to i want to say thank you to all the listeners and all the people that watch on youtube and stuff uh all the subscribers all the all the followers too because um it's been it's been really fun watching this grow and I expect I expect it to grow continue more over the next three years, six, nine years. So it's it's gonna be incredible to watch uh how far I've come. I know I've come a long way from listening back to my first podcast episode, that five minute pod, podcast episode in the very first episode of Whiffcast, to now where we are hundred episodes later. I know my growth has been uh something that I'm pretty proud of and I know the growth of this podcast has been something I've been pretty proud of. So 100 episodes of keeping up with the commanders is something um that uh it's definitely really cool to see it's really cool to see but and not only that but we've got a lot of good news to talk about here in this um in this episode it's going to be a packed episode we've got adam peters him being announced as the new general manager of the washington commanders we're going to be talking about head coaching candidates we're going to be giving i'm going to be giving out my big board my nfl draft big board my first one for uh the nfl draft in april and then we're going to look at a little bit of an early free agency preview later on at the end of the episode, especially more specifically looking at the edge rusher position, because I think there could be a lot of value there and Washington could be eyeing a lot of targets at that pass rusher position. So let's just get right into it with, uh, with uh, Adam Peters, because this was the news of the week or the news of the second half of the week for the Washington commanders. I know the Ron Rivera firing, like it, it happened and everyone was excited, but I feel like everyone kind of knew it was coming. So it wasn't really that big of a deal when it first happened because it was, we've known this has been going to, this was going to happen for the last three months or so. But Adam Peters, five days after firing Ron Rivera on Friday, I believe Friday morning, the uh, Adam Shafter, Ian Rappaport announced that Adam Peters would be the new general manager of the Washington Commanders. If you don't know who Adam Peters is, but I know probably by now you've probably heard who Adam Peters is. But if you haven't, he's the assistant general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. He did a lot of work bringing in Brock Purdy into that organization, plus doing a lot of work um, from our, from what I've heard from 49ers fans and people uh, that know a lot more about the 49ers than I do. He's done a lot of work sign, uh, drafting those day three guys, the value guys on day three, like one of the biggest things in the NFL is most of most of NFL rosters are made up of day three guys. So it's um it's been a big uh he's done a lot of work with the San Francisco and you know they brought in a lot of value guys like Fred Warner and um uh some other linebackers as well. So it's been it's been incredible to watch what he's been able to do in San Francisco. Now what's going to happen? What's next for Adam Peters? Well He's, he has now full control. It really seems like he's going to have full control of how the rest of this front office is going to be built. I know him uh, and Eugene, Eugene Shen will probably be two of the top people. Probably Adams, Adam Peters would probably be the top guy. Eugene Shen would be probably lead of the analytical side of things. 
as he was brought over uh, about three months or so ago. So those two guys will definitely be in the building. And now it raises the questions of everyone else in the building, Martin, Marty Herney, Martin Mayhew, those two guys, especially Eric Stokes as well, or I think that's what his name is, uh, Stokes as well. So those three guys are going to be, um, uh, their jobs are going to be up in question. Currently, Martin Mayhew on the commander's website has the role of general manager. I know the reports from Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport saying that the commanders um, are, are hiring Adam Peters as the general manager. So Peters is going to have over the next few days. Again, this happened on Friday. So I expect this to be within the next 24 hours or 48 hours of when this podcast episode comes out to kind of reorder, bring in new guys from maybe San Francisco and take out old guys, possibly Marty Herney and uh, Mayhew. So that's going to be fun and interesting to watch how Adam Peters is going to build this front office. I know a big question is with Martin Mayhew, what is he going to do? Is he going to stay? He has that connection with Adam Peters back in San Francisco. They were co-VPs of, per, of player personnel back in 2019 and in 2020. So I, I'm going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see if Adam Peters is going to keep a guy that he worked very closely with when he was in San Francisco. I know Mayhew, just listening to some other Beat Reporters podcasts, it really sounds like Mayhew did not have that much say in the personnel decisions. Now he had some say in it, but it didn't sound like he was the overall head guy. It really sounded like that was Marty Herney and Ron Rivera. But it's going to be interesting to see if, if they bring back Martin Mayhew. Because personally, me, if Mayhew really was not the one in the lead of making these personnel decisions over the last 40 years, then I I would be fine with bringing him back, knowing that Adam Peters is going to have a larger say than him in the personnel decisions. Adam Peters is really going to be that head of football operations above everyone. Now, they gave him the title as general manager, or they will give him the title as general manager, but I expect Peters to be the lead guy up at the top in terms of deciding on personnel decisions, and um, draft decisions and all that. So it'll be fun to watch um, and uh, get ready to know what, what the front office and how Peters is going to build this front office, how it's going to take shape, because that is something that I'm going to be interested in. And also um, some other things, I guess, since we talked about Peters, more the head coaching side of things, because there's really two front runners, it seems like, that have kind of stood out for Washington. In terms of the betting side of things, I know Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, really seems to be the front runner for Washington. Now, nothing – I've listened to the um, Standing Room Only, the Ben Standing's uh, podcast has really uh, come in clutch over this last week in terms of giving out information and what people inside the building are thinking. And it really uh, seems like there isn't that much of a – there's still a long way to go. Same with John Kime saying this as well. There's still a long way to go for Washington to possibly hire Ben Johnson, which, again, if you hire Adam Peters and Ben Johnson, those are the number one guys on multiple teams' boards in terms of candidates for GM and head coach. Adam Peters was probably the number one guy for a bunch of other teams. And we saw, I know, the finalists between him and Ian Cunningham. Both of those guys were great. Ian Cunningham seems to be the front runner right now for the Chargers general manager job. But looking at... Uh, Alan Peters, he he really seemed to be the sole number one guy, number one candidate for a new GM if you need a new GM this offseason. And Ben Johnson, two years in a row now, has been a very, very high, highly rated uh, candidate for head coach. And Washington possibly being able to bring him in 
would be incredible because you basically get the number one guy at GM and the number one option at head coach. That would be great. Again, we don't, there's not really that much that um, connects the two right now uh, between Ben Johnson and, and the Washington commanders. The only thing that really in terms of connection wise between them is definitely uh, Chris Spielman, uh, uh, Rick Spielman's, I believe it's his brother works, um, works with the lions. He's a, offensive i don't know what the exact title is but i know he's he works with the offense and he works really closely with ben johnson so that's probably we saw what adam peters did and how um how the bob myers connection with uh with how they went to they both went to ucla together and they both um knew have known each other for a while so we saw how that connection worked and ended up landing adam peters in washington and now, could we see possibly with Rick Spielman? Again, Josh Harris, he's made these decisions with the Bob Myers decision and the um, and the Rick Spielman decision. It seems like both of them are, like, their decisions for a reason. They're both helping out for a reason. We saw Bob Myers able to land Adam Peters. Let's see if Rick Spielman can do the same thing and use his connections to possibly land a guy like Ben Johnson. So that would be interesting to watch. I'm recording this before the um, Rams and Lions game on Sunday night and before the Cowboys Packers game. So if Ben Johnson has just an absolute like dud of a game tonight, then well, so be it. But still, I, I expect him to be a, a head coaching candidate and probably the number one candidate right now for the Washington Commanders. Another guy that I want to keep an eye on is Houston offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick because, man, what a performance he had against Jim Schwartz, who, in my opinion, should be the assistant coach of the year, the defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. He's led that Browns uh, defense to being by far the best defense in the NFL this season. And what a performance, play-calling-wise, performance-wise, from Bobby Slowick in that Houston offense with C.J. Stroud. We saw Bobby Slowick in San Francisco help uh, help develop Brock Purdy in 2022 help him become um as I think he was a passing and the passing game coordinator in in San Francisco so we saw him uh help with Brock Purdy and turn Brock Purdy into what he is now and then in 2023 we've seen him do the same exact thing with CJ Stroud he could possibly be an option for Washington and uh moving from Houston to Washington and he could possibly have a um do exactly what he did in 2022 and in 2023 with a new rookie quarterback in 2024, as I expect Washington to definitely draft a quarterback with that top pick in their um, in the NFL draft. So Bobby Sloak, definitely probably, he's the second guy right now, I would say, between um, Ben Johnson and Bobby Sloak. I'm happy with either of them. I was a little bit skeptical of Bobby Sloak. Again, this is his first year play calling uh, for Houston, and he's had his moments. He's had his uh, not-so-great moments this season for the Texans, but what a performance for him and um, the demand for him. And because he's going he's going to get a lot of demand now after his performance that Houston, I, I don't know what CJ Stroud's final stat line was, but like 300 plus yards, I'm pretty sure, three touchdowns from Stroud. It was, it was an elite passing game from Stroud in that Texans offense. So he showed a great game against one of the best uh, other uh, coordinators in the NFL right now, Jim Schwartz. So it, it was fun to watch the Texans um, just kind of destroy, like just pick apart that Browns defense all all day long. 
Uh, it's been fun to watch CJ Stroud all season in this Texans offense. So those are the two guys right now, Ben Johnson from Detroit and Bobby Slowick from Houston, the two offensive coordinators, the two most highly rated offensive coordinators right now on the coaching market. I expect if I had to make a prediction, I expect one of them to be uh, the next head coach of the Washington Commanders. If I had to make a, like a prediction on who between the two, it's really up in the air. I would really say it's 50-50. I don't have any inside sources, but from what I've listened to um, all the Beat Reporters podcast and all their articles and stuff, I really think it's 50-50 between the two. Ben Johnson, it seems to be the guy that Josh Harris wants and uh, Rick Spielman wants. They want, uh, and Adam Peters, they want Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson, I think, is their number one target. But if they don't get him, because I know David Tepper in Carolina, he's going to be throwing a bag at Ben Johnson. So it's going to be interesting to see what Johnson ends up deciding because he has interviews right now for, I believe, four different uh, head coaching positions. But I really expect him to choose between Washington and Carolina. If he, if he does choose Carolina, I do think Bobby Sloak is the backup plan. We'll have to wait and see uh, what happens as uh, teams can't formally interview head coaching candidates until after the divisional round however we have seen virtual interviews anthony weaver getting a virtual interview for washington i think that's the only confirmed one right now is a virtual interview for anthony weaver that happened on thursday night so uh, that's that's the only confirmed virtual interview again the candidates still have to go and meet in person with the uh with the front office and adam peters and josh harris so it's going to um, take a while. I don't expect this head coaching decision probably until after the conference championship games, in my opinion. I think it's probably going to be during senior bowl week is when uh, is when this all goes down as for a new head coach. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to wait and see. Another guy, I would say Raheem Morris definitely should be uh, you should definitely be keeping an eye on Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. Had some great moments in Atlanta as that as a head coach there for a little bit, but um, again, former Washington, formerly on the Washington staff. Same with Bobby Slowick as well, formerly on the Washington staff back in the early 2010s. So I guess Raheem Morris a little bit later than that, but it's uh, it's going to be um, it's definitely going to be between those three. I expect Ben Johnson to be the front runner and the number one option for Josh Harris and Adam Peters. Bobby Slowick is number two. But the dark horse would definitely be Raheem Morris, in my opinion. So those those are my three guys um, for the head coach. But now I kind of want to take a little bit of shift as we as we continue moving. I, I want to uh, take a little bit of a shift to the NFL draft. It's four months away. The draft, Washington, again, I've mentioned it before on this podcast, has the second overall pick. They've got five picks in the top 100. So I kind of wanted to give my, um, I guess because it's the 100th episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders, I wanted to give my top 100 players. And this is this is an early big board. It's my first big board for the NFL draft. So let's just get into it. Okay, so this is this is my big board. I'm not going to go through every single person on this because we're, we're going to be here all day if I go through every single person on this. I kind of just want to talk about some of the top guys and some sleepers maybe that I think uh, could rise in, in in throughout the draft process some of these guys by the way are returning back to college i'll let you know who but most of these top people they're not i don't, I don't think any of these top people are not probably the big thing is marvin harrison jr being my best player in the 2024 nfl draft i don't expect this to change this guy is a, as close as you can get to a generational wide receiver prospect as you can he does everything well he is 
there's, there's very little weaknesses in Marvin Harrison Jr.'s game. I don't expect him to be in play for Washington with the second overall pick. I, I do expect it to be a quarterback, and right now I have Caleb Williams as my QB1 over Drake May by a pretty good margin. I'm going to, at some point, go back and rewatch a lot of these quarterbacks as we get closer to the draft. But throughout the first like watch, uh, throughout the first um, time watching them, I definitely have Caleb above Drake May, and then Jane Daniels a little bit more farther down. But yeah, I Caleb Williams at two, Drake May is at eight. As we go down, I have Jane Daniels at 18, a sleeper guy. I don't know if Washington would be in play for him, but it would be Brian Thomas Jr., the LSU wide receiver. We talked about Malik Neighbors a lot. Uh, I know I talked about um, some of the other wide receivers in this class with uh, with uh, Josh Taylor on his channel the other day for as we, as we prepare for the Senior Bowl. But Brian Thomas um, is a guy that I really like as a prospect. I definitely think he's a first-round uh, caliber player. And especially with him in the scout, uh, in the draft combine, or the NFL combine in March, I expect him to be to go day one. Is going to go somewhere between twenty and thirty-two, but I do expect him to go day one. Maybe to a team like the Chiefs, that as we're watching in the playoffs right now, desperately need a wide receiver. So uh, Brian Thomas is a guy that I really like. Um, I had I had JJ McCarthy at twenty-five today he announced that he's declaring for the draft so that's something to keep an eye on for team maybe later on in the first round Bo Nix I had at 36 so that's also a guy that could definitely sneak into the first round and end up maybe going I know the Vikings are definitely a um a spot for him Tez Walker I had at 40 I've I since so I made this big board like two weeks ago there are players on this big board that are returning to to college uh, players that haven't said if they are returning, but I expect them to return, like Shador Sanders, who I have at 42. I expect him to return. He hasn't announced it yet, but I had him here anyways because he hasn't announced it yet. But Tez Walker, he's going to go to the Senior Bowl. I'm excited to see him uh, play at the Senior Bowl. I had him at 40 in my initial big board, but I don't think he's at 40. I think he's a lot lower than that. I wouldn't even put him in the top 100 on my second one. So, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, I did make this one like two two or so weeks ago. Some of the guys that Washington could get in terms of offensive line with one of their early second-round picks, Troy Fountainew, I do. I had a first-round grade on him just barely, but I I like his game a lot. So Fountainew could definitely be an option. Jordan Morgan could be an option as well for Washington. Again, JT Tuimolowau announced and Emeka Buka both announced that they're going to be returning to college, uh, to Ohio State for another year. Same with Denzel Burke. Ohio State got a lot of good players back. But, yeah, Patrick, Ball could, uh, Patrick Paul could be an option. Uh, offensive tackle, um, Xavier Leggett could be an option at wide receiver. If Washington chooses to take a wide receiver, wanting that X receiver, moving Jahan Dotson to the slot, and wanting to really get that X receiver, Xavier Leggett could be an option. Uh, Quinn Ewers announced he's returning to college, so I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about that. Penix, um, I had him a little bit lower than a lot of people, especially that uh, that um, that national championship performance really, really, uh, really did not go well. It did not go well for him. So, um, yeah, yeah, I have Jackson Powers Johnson, uh, also known as J Power NFL, I, uh, um, at fifty seven. He's a guy that Washington could select early in the second round. He seems to be the consensus right now, uh, best center in this class. So. 
that's a guy to keep an eye on. Jeremiah Trotter, I had a, uh, I have him in the second round right now, but just barely second, third round around there. So he could definitely be an option for Washington in the, in the third round. Ricky Pearsall is a wide receiver I really like. I know my Florida bias is kicking in a little bit, but I really like Ricky Pearsall's game. I would have him, if I redid this big board, I would have him up a little bit more. So that's a guy I really like. Um, Tyler Guyton is an offensive tackle, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma, and he could be in play. I know some of his physical traits really could push him possibly even into the uh, possibly even to night one. So I would not be that surprised if he ends up going late in round one, just based off of based off of his physical traits. So uh, that's a guy I really like. Adisa Isaac. I know Josh Taylor really likes him out of Penn State. Um, they had Drusher. I know a lot of people talk about Chop Robinson, and for good reason. I had him in my top 10 in on this big board. But Adisa Isaac, on the opposite side of, of uh, Chop Robinson, definitely could be an option at edge, possibly with that comp, the compensatory pick that the 49ers gave us. So that could he could be an option. Same with Peyton Wilson, the NC State linebacker, could be an option uh, with that compensatory pick as well. This is where, as we get later into the top 100, this is where we get some of the running backs. Jonathan Brooks right now is my RB1. I'm pretty sure, yeah, he's my RB1 right now. And then uh, RB2, I believe, is Bucky. Is, no, sorry, it's Donovan Edwards, Bucky Irving. Travion Henderson is returning to school, like I mentioned. Ohio State got back. Like, everyone, it really seems like. So, uh, Travion Henderson is returning. Audric Estime could be an option. Uh, he's only 20 years old at... Um, at the compensatory pick as well. So as we round out the top 100, I kind of just wanted to give like a little bit of a preview going into the uh, going into the um, Senior Bowl, which is in a few weeks. Next week, I'm going to be doing a defensive preview for the Senior Bowl. It's going to be basically going over the defensive players, um, talking about guys like uh, Adisa Isaac. I want to say Adisa Isaac is going to the Senior Bowl. I could be wrong, but I, yeah, I don't... Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think he is. But we're just going to be going over defensive guys. Byron Murphy, I know, an underclassman that's going to the senior bowl. He's going to be teaming up with his partner in crime, Tavon J. Sweat. Two defensive tackles that could be in play if Washington were to trade away Jonathan Allen for a pick. I think Byron Murphy and Tavon J. Sweat are two guys that could definitely be in play. Where is Kalen King? I had Kalen King at 53. He needs to have a good senior bowl. Did not have a good season this year in 2023. I still like him around the second, third round. But he needs to have a good senior bowl if he wants to stay there because there are going to be there's going to be cornerbacks in this draft that are going to be able to jump him. So I would he needs to have a good senior bowl. But some of the other defensive guys as well, we're just going to be talking about. Um, Tyler Williams out of Ohio State is also returning. Ah, there's so many Ohio State uh, underclassmen that have that have returned. It, it's crazy. But um, yeah, we're going to be going over the uh, the defensive guys next week and the week after that. We're going to be going over offensive guys. And then, then in Senior Bowl week, I'm going to be down in Mobile. I think I've said it before, but I'm going to be down in Mobile. I'm going to be getting interviews from players. I'm super excited for this. Um, I'm going to be talking to some of these guys. I'm going to be talking to Ricky Pierce. I'm going to be talking to Jamari Thrash out of out of Louisville, uh, some of the other guys as well. So I'm excited for it. Um, I'm excited to talk with these players, get to know them, and basically see where um, where things stand and in, in help uh, – help iron out my big board for this year my top 100 again this is my first one so i expect this to change a good amount however 
Marvin Harrison Jr., don't expect that to change. I think he's the best player in this draft. I don't think it's that. I mean, it's Caleb Williams can challenge him a little bit, but he's real. Marvin Harrison Jr. is really good. So, um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's my thoughts on that. But yeah, overall, uh, I'm excited for this draft season. I'm a big draft guy, so if you're looking for draft content for the Washington Commanders, it's gonna be it's gonna be here. It's gonna be on this pod. So. That's going to wrap it up for um, for my big board. The last thing I wanted to talk about is give a little bit of a free agency preview for the Washington Commanders because there's um, some things I want to talk about, more specifically pretty much with the edge rusher position because, again, Washington, you trade away Montez Sweat, you trade away Chase Young, you don't really have any pressure coming off the edge for that last half of the season. You have KJ Henry who showed a little bit of promise. Andre Jones didn't even play for half the time. James Smith-Williams is a free agent. Casey Tuohill is a free agent. Pretty much everyone on on your roster at edge besides KJ Henry and Andre Jones are going to be free agents. But you could not have asked for a better free agency class at um, or free agency lineup at edge rusher for Washington. You have guys like Leonard Williams, Daniel Hunter. You have Zadarius Smith. Um, you Chase Young, again, is a free agent. You have Derek Barnett, uh, Josh Allen, Bradley... Um, uh, so not probably uh, Brian Burns. You have a lot of guys, a lot of guys um, that you can choose from if you are Washington. There's a lot of people. You can go with an older veteran guy like a Zadarius Smith or a Randy um, Gregory, which I don't expect him to do. Or you could go for a younger guy like the, the Josh Allens, the the Brian Burns. So I, I expect Washington to make a splash in free agency at the edge rusher position. Now, something I wanted to talk about is Chase Young and possibly bringing him back because this is a question that was brought up to me earlier this week, and I thought about it, and this is my thoughts on it. Bringing Chase Young back is a not-so-great idea for Washington. I'd rather have players like Josh Allen or Brian Burns come in on a bigger contract, and I know what I'm going to get out of them. I think for Chase Young, him for himself, staying in San Francisco and signing – I know they can't. They wouldn't be able to give him a lot of money, but signing a contract with San Francisco to stay there for at least two more years would be great for him and his development because you can see the difference that he's had the, during the first half of this season at, in Washington to the second half with San Francisco. He's been great for the 49ers since the trade, and I I just don't think it'd be great um, for Chase Young to come back. I felt like the hometown pressure did get to him a little bit when he was here and definitely the change of scenery helped him a lot when he went over to the West coast. So that's my thoughts on chase young, but I would love to bring in a guy like a Brian Burns or Josh Allen or a Bryce Huff from the jets. One of those three guys must be a Washington commander once free agency is over. And once March comes to an end, because Washington will need help at the edge position if they want to compete and signing a young guy on a pretty big contract. I know Bryce Huff is in double-digit stacks, I'm pretty sure. I know Josh Allen, Brian Burns, I'm pretty sure, are both in double-digit for sacks. It's both, All three of those guys are great, and I really hope that one of them is a commander before uh, the end of March because, again, Washington needs help at edge. We have KJ Henry, we have Andre Jones, we have the younger guys, but... They need to address the edge position and re-signing James Smith-Williams in case the tool is not going to cut it. I don't expect this new front office and whoever the new head coach is to be okay with bringing back both James Smith-Williams and Casey Tuhill because they need to make a splash in free agency. They have all the cap space in the world. 
I think the second most true cap space in the NFL, over 70 million, I'm pretty sure. They need to bring in a Brian Burns or Josh Allen because those guys, you, you can count on them racking up double-digit sacks because those guys are going to get paid this offseason. Hopefully they don't get tagged by their teams, the Jets for Huff, the Jaguars for Josh Allen, and the Panthers for Brian Burns. But saying that the Brown, the, the Panthers were willing to ship away Brian Burns at some points during this season and during last season, Brian Burns I think could be the the most likely guy to hit the market in, instead of getting tagged. Same with Bryce Huff because I don't think the Jets are going to be have the money to tag him. But um, yeah, so a Bryce Huff or a Brian Burns would probably be the two most likely guys. But just any of those three would be awesome for the Washington Commanders. So that's going to wrap up the 100th episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders. The, uh, I know the, the playoffs start soon here on Sunday, so I need to get to that. But this is going to wrap up the 100th episode. Thank you guys for listening and watching or and or watching 100 episodes of Keeping Up with the Commanders. See you guys in the next one. Peace.